This is Nate Quarry, your zombie cage fighter, and you're listening to Straight Hustling. back to straight hustling we got an mma veteran nate rock quarry coming on the show this is dick darren i got Stu with me how's it going people we got a cool uh show we're going to talk to nate find out what he's doing now uh how he's doing after his injuries and kind of see what's going on with him man that's a cool thing man we talk to these people we find out what got him going and how they're doing man we want to ask the questions that y'all want to hear i remember uh watching ufc with then Nate when he was fighting for the championship title and coming up for the Ultimate Fighter and stuff. So it's pretty cool to be able to talk to him on the show, get him on here, and see what he's doing nowadays. I can't wait. Let's get it going. All right. Hey, is this Nate? Yes, it is. Hey, how you doing, Nate? This is uh, uh, this is Dick Darren with Straight Hustle, and I got Stu with me. How's it going, Nate? Awesome. Great, man. I'm doing good. Sorry about the delay, guys. Uh, it worked out good. So what's been going on new with you? Oh, just living the dream, man. Just got back from uh, an Armed Forces Entertainment tour over to Europe and getting back in the groove of things back in the States now. All right, cool. That sounds exciting. You know, we're a big fan and watching the UFC, watching your fight, and I uh, kind of wanted to ask you going back and, and uh, how you guys started fighting, and did you, like, come up through wrestling through high school, or when did you really get interested in uh, kind of the mixed martial arts or well, I was actually raised in a cult as a child. I was one of Jehovah's Witnesses. So I was not allowed to do any wrestling, any boxing, any sports of any kind. And I just hated it. And I wanted to do that so badly, but I was in such a controlling religion like that. that in my early 20s, I was at a party and I saw the UFC on TV and I just said, you know what? I'm going to go do that. And I opened up a phone book, found a gym and started training. And 11 years later, I was fighting for the world title. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is a great story, man. Well, I mean, it's just a super interesting, like, where you can go and, and the things you can do if you really are determined. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, to me, that's really the key. So many people set out their own limitations or listen to the naysayers. They told them this is what your life is supposed to be, so get used to it. And I just... Decided not to listen to them. I was going to listen to myself. Yeah. Do you think you're ever going to want to fight anymore or compete in any of the big, or big USC, Bellator, or anything like that? No, I'm, I'm officially retired. And the, the real caveat there is that I still have one fight left on my contract with UFC. And according to the way that they've structured the entire industry, I am now, I couldn't fight for Bellator if they offered me $10 million. Oh, wow. Okay. The UFC would immediately slap a lawsuit on me, and although I believe it's completely illegal that uh, we're, they call us independent contractors, but they treat us like employees without any of the benefits. Yeah. And they have these just these lifelong contracts that never expire. Man. So it, it it really just restricts the industry as a whole. We've uh, we've interviewed quite a few fighters, and we've kind of hear about 
hear that same thing, you know, it's no one's really looking out for the fighters. It's really all about the organization. And uh, it really changed from what it initially used to be and how it used to be, you know, more of the fighters were getting taken care of a lot better. Now with all the legal stuff, and it's just, it's just a shame. Well, the UFC has completely monopolized the sport, buying up all the competition, shutting them down, and then even monopolizing inside their own organization by deciding that to, to have the privilege of sponsoring a UFC fighter, you had to pay $100,000. If you're a clothing sponsor or a supplement sponsor, a hundred grand wow. to the UFC before you could even consider sponsoring a fighter in the cage. So that immediately washed out, geez, 99% of all potential sponsors. I was talking to one fighter the other day who was sponsored by, uh, by Dethroned. And I think it was eight years ago or, or whatever it was a few years ago, <laughs> he was getting over $12,000 to wear Dethroned shorts. Well, now here we are present day. The same sponsor is paying him $250. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and what else can he do? When, when you have four sponsors, essentially, you've got your Venom, your Dethroned, your Tap Out, maybe your Rev Gear. You have no one else, nowhere else to go. You can't pull in your own sponsor. And so they'll basically Tap Out can tell you, well, we blew our budget for fighters for the year, so we'll just send you a pair of shorts or maybe $100. And if you don't like it, you don't get anything. Yeah, there's nothing you can know. Wow. I didn't know it was all like that. Man, that's insane. Oh, yeah. My, my last fight, I made more money in sponsors than I did from the UFC. And now they've made it so you can only have the sponsors that UFC gives you, which is at this point Reebok. So you've got, and it's hilarious because they're bragging, oh, we signed a $10 million for Reebok. Cool. How much is the individual fighter going to get? <laughs> well, they're not, they haven't said a word about that because they know it's going to be ridiculous yeah. how low it is. Probably we're estimating between two and $5,000. Per right. fighter per fight, unless you're one of the chosen few that they decide are in the top 10 or the top 15. So if you're this great up and comer, you have a, a, a huge fan base, or even if you're someone like Eddie Herman, 18 fights in UFC, has a huge fan base, has a lot of companies that want to support you, strap their, their name to your ass, doesn't matter. You can't have them. You're just as good. Eddie Herman is going to be valued just as much in his 19th UFC fight because he's not a top 10 fighter as the guy who's 0-0 in the UFC. Oh, going to get the same amount of money because they've dictated this is your value. So it, It's just it's the most illegal thing ever. So like yourself, once they still, like you said, you still got one fight. So you're pretty much done. You can't ever go anywhere else. Yeah, well, it's like with Kung Lee. He has, I believe, two fights left on his contract. After how they treated him with the bullshit drug test that they tried to, to attack him with, he just said, I'll never fight for you guys again. I would rather retire than fight for you guys. If you don't know the story, he fought in Macau, China, and he is he could literally be the face of the UFC in Asia. He's got a huge following there. He makes movies, all these types of things. Yeah, I know. Directly yeah. after, after his fight, they drug tested him, sat him down. He's still bleeding. The company that the UFC uh, went to, just some random company in Macau, took three times to even get the blood draw, and then they test it for human growth hormone. And they say, oh, you popped high for human growth hormone. And as soon as I heard that test, I thought to myself, huh, I didn't realize they had a legitimate test for HGH now. 
Well, they don't. <laughs> the test for HGH, you have to fast for 12 hours, have a very calm day, nothing exciting to keep your, your levels where they're naturally going to be. As soon as you start exerting yourself, your body starts kicking out massive amounts of HGH. So they test them and go, oh, you're hot. Oh, your HGH levels are way too high. Well, of course they are because you don't know how to test properly. And before Kung Lee could even plead his case, they came down, we're suspending you for a year. Mm. We're taking away your fight of the night bonus. We're ruining your reputation. And then when it comes out what a joke it was, how, what a terrible job, UFC didn't try to make amends. They didn't call him and say, oh, my God, we screwed up. We're so sorry. Here's your bonus. Uh, let me kick you a little something else. We're so sorry. We ruined your reputation. No, they got Kung Lee on the phone and said to him, we know you took drugs. Just come out and admit it. Oh, Just damn. say you did it. And Kung Lee, Kung Lee was like, F you. I didn't do anything. And your test is a joke. So how many people are going to want to continue working for somebody like that? It'd be like if, if you were married and every time you came home, the wife searched you at the door. I know you're cheating on me. Just admit it. I know. Uh, look, honey, I didn't do anything. I know you're a liar. I know you're a cheater. You'd be like, I got to I gotta get out of yeah. this bitch. This is crazy. So is UFC eventually going to buy Bellator, shut them down too, and just keep having their way with everybody? I hope not. I uh, They have the, the backing of the big cable companies. So finally, there may be somebody with enough integrity and enough legs underneath them to stand up. And I don't, I, I've actually had promoters tell me, yeah, my plan was to get big enough for the UFC to buy me. But I don't think that's going to be the case with Bellator. But they just created this desert where the fighters had nowhere else to go but yeah. the UFC. Yeah. And, and buying up all the competition, buying up strike force. I, I remember when they bought Strikeforce, I thought, man, there's going to be a lot of guys in the unemployment line. And sure enough, they yeah. kept the few guys that they wanted, fired all the rest. And then that's the other crazy thing. The way that the UFC goes through the fighters like water, it's just in and out. I, I think of guys like Gerald Harris, who had a fight of the night performance and then has a, a lackluster, or maybe it was a knockout of the night performance, and then he has a, a lackluster performance, and he's cut. Yeah. The fighters have no rights whatsoever. So Kung Lee could say, oh, I don't like the way you're treating me. I don't like the way you disrespected me. I quit. And the UFC would laugh and go, fine. Yeah, we, we don't care if you fight for us or not, but you'll never fight for anyone else. We have you under contract for two oh, more fights. Yeah, that's horrible. But when the UFC is done with you, when they're done with a John Fitch, oh, you're done. We don't want you anymore. You're, you're out. The fighters yeah. have, have no rights whatsoever. It, it, it's terrible. And the, and the way the UFC just is completely changing the rules all the time. Like when I started and they said, uh, we can't pay you very much, but you can have whatever sponsors you want. Then it was, well, we need to approve your sponsors. Then it was, well, you can't have any contradicting sponsors with our mainstream sponsors that are paying us directly. We can't have you sponsored by Yamaha or sponsored by Honda. That, that doesn't work. And then it was, uh, you can't thank your sponsors. I lost money because of that oh, sponsorship. Well, you can't thank me after your fight. So, sorry, we're not going to do business with you anymore. Then it was you have to pay the UFC fifty grand for the privilege of sponsoring a UFC fighter. Then it was a hundred grand. Now it's you can't have any sponsors except what we decide yeah. you can have, wow. which in this case is Reebok. It's sure come a long way from what it used to be. A big, you know, it used to have guys that you'd see over and over and big this fill this bet, big fan base like the Shamrocks, the Matt Hugheses, and and now I see people that were exciting. You don't see them again, and then. 
you see some people on there that aren't really that excited and they keep coming back. I'm like, damn, who signed this guy up to fight again? Well, yeah, and that's ridiculous. I was watching UFC a couple of weeks ago, and they had some middleweights. Eddie Herman was on the undercard, and they had these middleweights who were just terrible on the main card. And I'm looking at this, and I'm going, you, it, it seems so ridiculous to me that the second highest rated live MMA fights on free TV were Kench, were uh, Tito Ortiz versus Stefan Bonner. Yeah. And that was just a few months ago on Spike for Bellator. Are those guys in their prime? Are they fighting for a world title? Hell no. But everybody knows them. Yeah. They have right. feelings about them. They want to see them fight, even if it's not the best fight in the world. They know these guys. They want to see them fight. Right. But with UFC, it's all about, no, the brand is the UFC. People don't care about the fighters. They care about the UFC. Look at look at the UFC magazine. Who's yeah. on the cover? Dana White. First issue. <laughs> you think anybody, especially now, anybody listens to Dana White and takes him seriously? <laughs> no, because this upcoming fighter is the best fighter of all time. Oh my God, they're just incredible. Oh my God, you got to watch this fight. They're <laughs> so amazing. Like, dude, we've heard that so many. He said that to my face. Like, oh, this guy coming up in the Ultimate Fighter. He's amazing. He's the next Anderson Silva. He's incredible. Washed out after one fight. <laughs> like, you know what, man? We, we just can't take you seriously. And then you get guys like Conor McGregor. Like, okay, well, he's representing Ireland where yeah. we can get a lot of pay-per-view buys there. So he's your hero now. We're going to give him all of this coverage. Give him these easy fights for him to win. We're going to put him in the top ten so we can pay him more. And, and look at how much he's making on his fourth and fifth fight compared to someone like an Eddie Herman. Mm. He's making more money than Eddie because they've decided, oh, we want him to have as much money as possible to train as good as he possibly can. So he'll keep winning fights, and we'll keep getting those Irish pay-per-view buys. It's, it's like when they, they sponsored uh, John Jones. The UFC sponsoring a fighter. That's like the NFL deciding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we think that uh, New York and L.A. Will, will bring in the biggest crowd. So we're going to each give them an extra $10 million for training or and added $10 million onto their salary cap. Yeah. What, why are you guys upset? It's, it's what's best for everyone. And when they did that, when they decided, we are going to sponsor John Jones, we are going to give him money. Like, yeah, that's, really, that is that's a slap to everybody else. Of interest. Yeah, that's a slap it to is. everybody else fighting. That's ridiculous. Man. Yeah, but, but, and it's so clear. Well, we think he sells pay-per-views, so we want him to get the best training possible, so he'll continue winning fights, so we're going to give him more money. You, we don't care so much about. You're not a needle mover. And it, it, it kind of reminds me of the, the Kardashians argument. Hey, Kim Kardashian, why are you famous? Because I'm on TV. Why are you on TV? Because I'm famous. Okay. <laughs> So, so why is Conor McGregor famous? Because he's on TV. Why is he on TV? Because he's famous. Yeah, right, because yeah. they've decided he's going to drive the pay-per-view buys. He's got the look that they like. He's got the attitude that they like. Me, all I ever did was show up and fight to the death every single time. Yeah. And showed respect to my opponents. Tried to be a role model for kids and, and other people. Can't market that shit. That's, no. that's ridiculous. <laughs> no, you got to get out there and talk trash. You got to be from a country that we want to break into. Damn, yeah, I had no idea it was that bad, man. It's like the a government office or something. They're gonna pick the winners and losers, and everybody else is just screwed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it is. And you can see throughout the years how they've they've had guys that they want to win fights, so they'll put. Uh, I remember they put Frank Mir, who was a former heavyweight champion, 
with a guy who didn't even make it out of the Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. trying to get him a win so badly so they could get him back on top because he lives in Las Vegas. He's got the look that they want. He'll give the interviews that they want. Like, let the sport be a sport. Yeah. You're making it just entertainment. You, they, they've already said, we wanted this to be like pro wrestling. Well, that's what you're getting. Oh, that is, you're yeah, yeah, wow. Who's going to be the champion? Man, I hope it don't turn to that. I, I do want to say, though, that I do like Frank Mir. I've, I've liked watching him fight over the years. Uh, he's, he's an incredible fighter, especially when he beat uh, uh, Noguera. Just unbelievable how, how talented he is. Yeah. But my point being, yeah. let him be that good on his own. Sure, yeah, right. Yeah. We don't we don't need, and, and yeah, yeah, I could go on and on. It, <laughs> it, it, it makes no sense to me whatsoever when you have this sport that you completely direct the, the hands from above deciding who's going to get what title shot, who gets paid what. Just, just like Jose Aldo saying recently he's very unhappy with how much he gets paid. Well, I'm sure he is because the UFC decides well, you're, an, uh, you're a lightweight, so you don't deserve as much money as the, the welterweights or the middleweights. So you get less money. And what can he do? Can he put himself on the open market? Oh, Bellator will pay me twice as much. It doesn't matter. You're under contract with UFC. And especially since he has the champion's clause into his contract, hmm. where they can basically lock him up for the rest of his career. He can oh, go shit. He can go anywhere. Wow. So I like, always watched all the Pride and the K-1 and all the early UFC and then, of course, start branching out to the strike force and all the other things that they end up buying up. But I find myself, you know, I used to pay for all the pay-per-views, but now I find myself not as fired up about it. And I, don't, I never really knew the business side of it or nothing, but it just seems like it has changed so much. And so I wonder what their fan base is. It's still growing. Are they still, I'm sure it is, I guess, to be pulling in that kind of money but and they're expanding, but... I don't know. It just seems like it's not as good to me as like used to. I used to be fired up and tell all my friends, hey, let's get over there and watch this fight. And now it's just like not so much. It's just another one coming on. And Well, and, and especially because we'll see cards now. I, Danny used to brag, oh, boxing, you only show up for the main event. But us, our cards are great all the way through. You know all the fighters. Your fans are all the fighters. And now it's the complete opposite. Yeah. You'll know the, the main event, maybe the co, and you don't know anyone else on there. It's all these guys that are brand new to the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just, it blows me away. People, people want to see a fight when they know the fighters. And it's so yeah. clear to me. Right. The UFC was failing miserably before the Ultimate Fighter came on. Oh, yeah. Once Tough One was on the air, then people were like, oh, okay, I'm a fan of Chris Lieben. Oh, I hate Josh Koscheck. I want to <laughs> see those guys fight. And now it, it's back to what it used to be. I don't know these fighters, so I have to be purely a fan of, of the sport of fighting. Yeah. And most people aren't. Most people, they, it, it just, again, using a pro wrestling analogy, they don't watch pro wrestling to see phenomenal wrestling moves. They watch it for the storyline. Right. And that's a huge industry. And now with the UFC, it's, well, we don't know any of these fighters, so I'm, and I really could care less about fighting, so I'm not going to watch this one. Yeah. It we, just makes no sense. Kind of like we had a uh, Bob Sapp on here the other night, man, and he was telling me he's like, "Hey, I didn't even. I've won two out of my last twenty-two fights, but my phone's still caught, still ringing. They're still wanting me over in Japan, and they're still wanting me to fight. And it's because you get attached to somebody's personality, and you build that fan base, and everybody wants to see you win or lose, you know. And now 
you see these younger guys and you might see them, they might put on a good performance, you might not even see them again. So, so like you don't they're not building these guys up all the way through. I guess just like you're saying, except for the for a handful that they kind of put on the main event and but uh, well, yeah, and then you get guys like uh, a Kyle Kingsbury who's a great fighter, may not be a world champion, but always comes out, puts on good shows, got a, a great look, great personality, great with the fans. But he's getting paid so little, and it's so taxing. And at the end of your career, you have absolutely nothing. It, unless you've made it to that upper echelon to where you're getting paid a ton of money, yeah. at the end of the year, you're barely doing above an average job to be one of the best fighters in the world. You better have another and job. It, yeah. I, I mean, for myself, my money that I made from the OC, I would have done better staying in construction. Over oh, all the years that, that I was in construction, averaged out, I would have made more money building and hanging signs. Mm -hmm. I did this because I loved it. Right. And, that, and that's, that's, the, that's why people need to fight in the first place. And I'm not bitter. I'm not unhappy. I've heard even Joe Rogan said on his podcast the other day, oh, there's these four guys who are really unhappy with how their career went, so they're trying to take it out on the UFC. No, Joe, screw you. You have no concept. We're the four guys that have had enough and are willing to stand up. I can't tell you how many fighters have contacted me privately and personally and said, thank you for standing up for us because we have no rights with UFC whatsoever. And you got guys saying, well, if you don't like it, quit. Go somewhere else. You can't. Where else can I go? Yeah. They monopolized the sport, locked in under contract, which became untenable, but they changed the contract as the years go along. Mm. Now, it just wouldn't even be worthwhile for me to fight for them. When I can't even have any sponsors, my sponsorship tech would be two grand instead of 40 grand that I can make on my own. Right. It's just a joke. And then you have Dana White saying things like, oh, I hear fighters all the time complaining, oh, I wish I didn't have to deal with these sponsors. <laughs> really? Well, let, let, let's run. A, we'll run a scenario and let's see how this goes down. Uh, I'm tap out. I want to pay you five grand to wear my shorts. Hey, I want to pay you five thousand dollars to wear these shorts. Here's the fighter. No, thank you. End of scene. Yeah. That's how it would go. I'm sick of these sponsors. Then don't have any sponsors. <laughs> sick of making money. <laughs> yeah, but don't bullshit us and tell us that you're representing five hundred fighters. We're all sick of sponsors. Yeah, no, that's yeah. why we have agents. I oh, never right. had to work for any of that stuff. I had an agent yeah. who took a cut, got his money. So I was very happy with that. If it wasn't for my sponsors, I couldn't have survived. Because what the UFC was paying me in my first four fights, I made 40 grand. One of those was a, a title fight. Wow. So you think, and that's uh, literally, I would have made more money in construction. And one of those was main event at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Wow. So 40000 I was paying 15% and my management fees. So that's down to 34 grand. Then you have to pay for more flights, all your own training, all these types of things. You compare that to the NFL, the NBA, those types of things where the players are getting half a million dollars. Yeah, right. Boxing. So in the NFL, your minimum wage is half a million dollars. Your average career span is three and a half years. So at the end of your three year career, you're 25 years old, 26 years old. You just made a million and a half dollars. You know you're never going to be back in the NFL again, so you move on. You have a college degree, you get a better job, you reinvest your money, you buy a house, a nice car, that kind of stuff. With the UFC, your career can go as long as they want to play you on. Well, we cut you this week, but now we need you back next week. What cut you here? Your minimum wage is maybe $8,000 a fight. 
Uh, you uh, get whatever sponsors we have. So, yeah, you, you can have a great year in the UFC and you made 40 or 50 grand. 10% of what the guy, the worst player in the NFL is making. That's insane. Man. Well, how are you doing physically right now? Are you in good shape and all? I know you had some injuries and stuff, so how are you doing? Uh, geez, it's, uh, the years are, are definitely adding up. It, it was a lot of hard training, a lot of hard practices. I've had eight surgeries. I've got uh, degenerative disc disease in my back, so the discs in my lower back just kind of wear themselves out. But, again, I this is the life that I chose, and I'm not going to complain about it because sure. it allowed me to live my dreams. I saw my father die at 62 with nothing to his name, nothing but debt and regret. And I decided then I was going to take my shot. I was going to see what I could do to, to change my life, and I was able to work that out. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I, I hate to keep going back to the lawsuit, but now – I'm trying to stand up for the next generation of fighters, the guys that I don't, it, it, with the, the conditions being even worse now than they were when I started with UFC eight, ten years ago. We need to change that because the money's there. Oh, the yeah. NFL gives 50% yeah. of the gross money to the players. The UFC gives around 10% of that money to the fighters. And of that 10%, 90% of that goes to the chosen few, the champions. So you have these guys that are just starving trying to get by. Wow. But yeah, the the injuries have definitely taken their toll. Uh, I'm, I, but I'm doing good. Like I said, I, I'm happy with where I'm at. Every ache and creak, and I just know that that's just been a part of my journey. Where you live at now? Uh, just outside of Portland, Oregon, Lake Oswego. Uh huh. What do you do? Like, uh, what do you do for like the relax and kind of enjoyment and stuff? Oh man, I'm such a I'm a huge pop culture fan. Just basically, just a nerd. I love going to comic book conventions. Uh, I love watching the movies, the Marvel movies. Just I love that stuff, The Walking Dead. And I wrote my own comic book, Zombie Cage Fighter. Which oh, is basically, cool. it's the story of my life plus zombies. It's what I've been through as a fighter and as a single <laughs> father, and then I threw in zombies as the antagonist. That's uh, it's zombiecagefighter.com. We're working on the website right now, so you might have some ordering issues. But I know people can order the just the PDF of the comic book for one one cent. Wasn't able to, to figure out how to how to put it up there for free, All but right. if you you go to the website, you can get one for for one penny. All right, what was it again? Zombiecagefighter.com. Okay, cool. We're gonna definitely check that. I know Stu likes that stuff. I just need to know one thing: if a zombie fought a vampire, who would win? <laughs> well, if you're looking at the common sense of it. A vampire can jump around, maybe fly around, tear body parts off. So he is going to be in and out really quickly. If you had uh, a vampire locked in a house and you had a hundred zombies <laughs> trying to break in, they're eventually going to get him. Yeah. And then that would be pretty horrific to have a zombie vampire. Yes, that would be. Ugly. <laughs> we had a we had a guy in here not too long ago. Uh, he's a comedian named Redbone, and. Uh, he does, uh, he's, uh, stars in some of the Rob Zombie films and he, uh, makes them tours. It's all the, cool. the comic things. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So, man, I appreciate it, man, talking to you and I wish you the best. And man, I got a lot of good insight and, uh, hopefully you won't get UFC to shut our show down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got a lot of more money than I do. Next thing I know, our site will be down. <laughs> well, and that's funny you would mention that because I, I don't think that's the case, but. It was a few years ago when journalists are supposed to tell the story. Even you look at when 9-11 happened, the reporters were refusing to wear American flags on air. And they said, point blank, 
I don't want to corrupt the information with my personal opinion. I just want to tell the story. Yeah. And so when the MMA news press, uh, news groups were talking about the UFC and they were talking negatively, well, this main event doesn't make sense. So this was a lackluster fight. Dana pulled everyone's credentials. There was an entire UFC with not a single reporter there. He just said, screw you guys. You either report how I want you to report or you're not welcome at my shows. And so now they all tuck tail and now they report what the UFC wants them to report. And it's funny because I've had other reporters contact me and they say, oh, we hate the UFC because we actually want to report with the news and all they want is a commercial for how great they are. Man, he needs one of them it, big pimp cups. Like yeah, a dictator. crazy. <laughs> Yeah, man. I had a I had a, another podcast that was going to interview me, and they came back later and said, "Sorry, my producer won't won't let us interview you because he's going to the UFC, uh, getting a, a media pass, and he's worried that they'll pull his media pass uh-huh. if we interview you." <laughs> so we got you on here, man. I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us. Is there any uh, certain kind of music or anything you like to listen to when you uh, train and warming up? Uh jeez, I it's funny because I have the most eclectic taste in music. And it's, it's ridiculous because my daughter, who's 15, I think has classically better taste in music than I do. She's like, Dad, I want to listen to Journey or the Eagles or something like that. And I'm like, no, this is Iggy Azalea. This is a bomb. He's a realist. But I'm, I am. I'm all over the place. My last few albums I bought was I bought Iggy Azalea because I just thought she was, I love her music. Uh, Cat Stevens' Greatest Hits. Uh, Jay-Z's Black Album, 30 Seconds to Mars, and then I've got all the classic rock that I grew up with, Tears for Fears, all that kind of stuff. I am. Everything other than country, I'm down with it. And as it was funny because as I would walk out, do my walkout for my fights, you've got this white kid, from, white kid from the suburbs of Salem, Oregon, who grew up on four acres, and I'm coming out to Public Enemy or Jay-Z. People are like, this, this just doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's who I am. I, I pretty much listen to everything too. We got you. Got to check out uh, Jelly Roll's new uh, whiskey sessions. It's kind of like a, a mix of country and rap, man. It's pretty fire. Cool. I'll give it a listen. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Hey, man. I want to thank you again. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll be uh, keeping in touch, and I'll, I'll like to send you a shirt, man. If you text me your address i'll send you a shirt i can't send you five thousand dollars with it but i'll send you a shirt <laughs> i won't ask you to do anything for it either so uh maybe a picture. Good. oh yeah just maybe take yep. a picture if you could take a picture and send it in that'd be really fire we'd love that but oh, you got it man thank you for the opportunity to talk to you man we appreciate it we've watched your uh career used to love to watch you fight and everything so it was a pleasure talking to you man and uh look cool, forward man, to it, anytime. I appreciate it all right i appreciate it nate thank you Cool, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks. All right. That was Nate Rock Quarry giving you some insight, what's going on with him, what he's been through, and uh, kind of talking a little bit about uh, his path through the UFC and what he didn't like. I don't know if there's anything he liked, but yeah, no, he, he did like the competing and everything. So Loved the competition. Yeah. Interesting story. So that was pretty cool to be able to talk to him. Like I said, we've been watching them fight he had some good wars on man just the termination stuff of some of these guys in there fighting each other is pretty cool so it'd be awesome to talk to him on the phone yeah it's uh you know we got a lot of information from him and it's kind of weird going from uh 
fighting in MMA to writing your own comic books. That's yeah, a, yeah. That's a lot of different stuff. Zombie Cage Fighter. Everybody have to go check that out. Zombiecagefighter.com. That's pretty cool. We'll have to put a link to our site on it also. All right. Tell them where to find all our links to all of our sites. Hey, y'all. There's only one of them. We got one site, <laughs> straighthustling.com. It's S T R H H U S T L I N dot com. Man, we got some awesome t shirts for selling the website now. Uh, we've got links to Stitcher, uh, iTunes, where you can leave a comment on either our site, preferably. Go on iTunes, like us. We'd love to see what y'all have to say. You can't uh, like them on iTunes. Oh, we can comment. <laughs> yeah, you can leave a comment, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like us by leaving a nice oh, comment. there you go, yeah, yeah. Don't be a hater, be a lover. <laughs> and, uh, of course, we're always on our Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, I believe we have Instagram now, don't we, Dick? Yeah, yeah, we got Instagram. It's straight hustling underscore show. Yep, Instagram. We got it all going. So, search for us. You'll find us. We got some crazy people coming on, a lot of good talent still coming. So make sure you keep listening. Go to the site, check out all the information. And uh, if you ain't hustling, you ain't living, we're out. Later. Blessing, man. That's what you're looking for. Love away from me